This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Voice of Change time and it is me, Lauren Jacob, sending you such a warm welcome, sending you so many blessings and love and joy and goodness today in Jesus Christ. I hope that you have been having an amazing week, a fantastic day that September is bringing, you know, a bit of a spring in your step. And I love September. It's such a wonderful month. And, you know, today on the show, we're going to be talking about something that I believe we need to kind of flip on its head, a mindset that we need to reevaluate and to maybe recondition in our minds and our thoughts. And that's the truth about rest. Now, rest is actually a very, very uh, different concept depending on who you ask. You know, it's kind of abstract. And I go, how do you feel about rest? And what is your interpretation of it? And how would you define rest? And it's something that is kind of a concept. And depending who you ask is depending how many different answers you will get. And so today on the show, I'm joined by Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith. Now, she's going to be breaking open rest to us from an incredible perspective. And uh, she's a board certified internal medicine physician and a work life integration researcher. She's the founder of Restoracis, a professional development agency that has dedicated everything to restoring well being in the workplace through its framework to help companies really support employees with uh, preventing burnout and also helping them find that work-life integration and balance and uh, she's a very busy physician she's also an author she's written a number of different books she's also a mom and understands that life has so many demands and that to get the life that we want to really live and the life that we really deserve takes some time and effort and she's also been featured on many many different companies and organization and she's been a TED speaker a TEDx speaker and uh, it's just incredible to have her joining me today she's written a book called sacred rest which is all about several different kinds of rest and the way that we can integrate rest into our lives so if you're sitting there going wow i thought that sitting on my couch was restful now you're telling me there's seven different kinds of rest and that feels like a lot of work more than rest assured no pun intended that uh you know it's not a lot of work to rest. It just takes some effort. And today we're going to be breaking it open and why it's important to you. And it's exciting. And I'm excited. Clearly, I'm very excited about this topic. And so don't go anywhere because Sandra is going to be with me over the next hour. And this is going to be a life transforming. I believe it. I know it because I've had burnout twice, severe burnout twice. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, wow, you know, I've had burnout multiple times. I can't even think about how many times I have burnout. Maybe it was diagnosed. Maybe it was undiagnosed. Doesn't matter. Sometimes you just get to a point where you cannot anymore. And we want you to feel energized after the show. And I also want you to learn new ways of resting. So yes, this is where you want to be. I'm going to be empowering you today. Sandra is going to be sharing with you today and it's going to be great. And may God's will be done for the next hour. So Sandra is with me after this.
You know, we live in a world today that is just crazy. It is manic. We are so overstimulated. There's so much happening. We are juggling so many things. And we're juggling career. We're juggling family needs, trying to be a good friend, which is important. You know, trying to show up in those friendships, trying to show up in relationships. We have social media where we sometimes trying to create a brand or a side hustle. We have the news, we have the world, we have people we care about trying to focus on our spiritual lives, trying to attend all those church events that are happening and just really trying to be a person that's living life to the fullest. But yet, if we are truly honest with ourselves, we're not always prioritizing rest. And that is why we are facing, and I believe globally, such a crisis of burnout and anxiety, depression, uh, you know, lack of boundaries not really protecting our need to be people who rest. And rest can no longer remain an optional thing that we do. It needs to become a priority. And joining me to discuss this and to break this open for us and how we can create a lifestyle of rest is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. And she's joining me today to really help us navigate Sometimes what we can feel is murky waters when it comes to rest. So Sandra, it's so good to have you with me today. Such an important topic. I'm so grateful for your presence on the show. So welcome today. Thanks so much for having me. Now, like I said, prioritizing rest uh, is is a big deal. And uh, you yourself, though, first, I want to hear a little bit about you. You yourself, you know what it means to burn out and to be someone that loves doing things and to be a doer, which I think we can, so many of us can resonate with. You've been there. We've been there. I know I've been there more than once of this burnout. How did you discover that there was a greater need to rest and that rest is the sacred reality? How did this happen in your personal life and in your journey? Yes, well, it started right after my husband and I had our first, our first children. Um, I had a two year old and then a newborn. And it was during that time that I got to a place where I just every day coming home from work, I was just exhausted. I had no energy, no joy, no peace, nothing left for my family or for my relationships. And I just remember one day coming home and just kind of laying out in my on the foyer in my floor thinking, if this is success, I don't really enjoy it. I'm not mm -hmm. having fun here. You know, I spent all these years, I'm a high achiever, a accomplishment, goal-driven kind of personality. And so I spent all these years working towards getting an internal medicine degree and all those things. And, you know, to get to that place and to, to not even have the energy to enjoy the life you've built, mm -hmm. that's where this journey started with me. And so because I think of my background being in biochemistry and research, when there is a problem, my brain thinks, okay, let's research the facts and try to figure out how, <laughs> how to improve upon this. And so that's where this whole seven types of rest concept started with. It was me really trying to find information to save myself um, so that I could be able to stay within a career that I love and did not want to quit. But also realize I didn't have the energy to to make that career sustainable unless some changes were made. Mm -hmm. I love that as well because you you're speaking also about that joy. You know, you you build you build a life, and like you said, being someone that's an overachiever and uh, and a high achiever, <laughs> I can relate to this. And then you actually, uh, you know, when you finally achieve the thing, the or the goal or the 
the mountaintop that you've been working so hard for. You just don't get to enjoy it because there's no joy. You've really just burned both ends of the stick. So you, I love the fact that you say there are actually seven types of rest. And oftentimes we think of the popular saying, when we think of rest, we think of Netflix and chill, right? So it's sitting on the couch, doing nothing, but you can actually feel more unrested by sitting, doing nothing. So tell us about the seven types of rest. There's not just one way. It's not just sleeping or sitting on the couch or, you know, taking a bubble bath and, 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 you know, putting a face mask on. There are so many different kinds of ways of rest. And this is exciting. So tell us a bit about the seven types of rest. Yes. Well, the seven types, just to name them, are physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. And really at the core of the concepts of the seven types of rest framework that I use, it's based around the thought that rest is not simply cessation. It's not just about stopping. And that's why I feel like there's been a disconnect in our world with how we use rest in our in our day-to-day lives, how we actually help it, how we actually use it to help us to be to thrive and to be energized. That some of the things you mentioned to, you know, Netflix and chill and lay around on the couch, or even when you think about things like vacations or sabbaticals, mm-hmm. oftentimes we're thinking about just stopping something. But true rest is restorative. It pours back into a situation. And so sometimes the restorative process that's needed is actually an active process, not a process of stopping. Mm. So Sandra, I love this reality. I love this idea. But, you know, how do we break this down to feel re-energized within our spiritual life, within our faith, even creativity, even physically? It's something just like you said about stopping. It's restorative. It's got to be about re-energizing and not feeling that slump when sometimes you're trying to just be re-energized, refocus and just pour into yourself. And you think the only way to do that is if I stop doing everything that I'm doing now, stop doing work, stop doing this. But sometimes you go on holiday, you feel actually more unrested when you return from holiday than you do when you left. So how do we begin to peel back what actually works for us and, and feel that energy, feel that restoration coming back? Yes. And I love that you use that example, because I think you're correct. When a lot of people go on vacation or holiday, they have that mindset of, oh, I'm doing something restful, but they end up more tired. And the reason being is we typically use our vacation and holiday times as opportunities to go do fun work away from home. So we're not actually mindful of, is this something that's pouring back into the place that I have a deficit? We're just doing fun things that if they're not intentionally applied to the place where you have a rest deficit, it doesn't feel restorative. Mm -hmm. For example, if someone has a creative rest deficit, meaning that this is a person who uses a lot of creative energy, maybe they're someone who does a lot of problem solving. That's a creative energy process. Maybe they are a marketing person, or maybe they're a radio host like you are, or Mm -hmm. or a writer, or someone who is having to take information and create something out of it. Um, From a teacher who's coming up with a lesson plan, many of us use creative energy. However, if you don't have a system in place to restore the energy you've used, you will become deficit in creative rest because you're not intentionally pouring back into the place where you have a deficit. So how do you pour into that creative rest deficit? Though That includes things like 
for many of us, we get creative rest when we go to, when we look at the beach or go to the beach or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, go to outside in nature and we're appreciating nature. Some of us get creative rest with natural beauty. Some of us experience creative rest with man-made beauty, like listening Mm -hmm. to music or going to theater or enjoying a beautiful portrait of your home. There's so many ways of getting creative rest, but we have to be aware that that's a place where we can become depleted and Mm -hmm. to stay at higher levels of innovation and creativity. We have to intentionally pour back into this area. This is a big, big part of what my company Restoresis does when we work with corporations and nonprofits and companies. They're upset because their people are drained, exhausted, and are losing innovation. Well, these seven areas, understanding them, helping people apply them, not just to their personal life, but also their professional life, is really the key at helping people thrive in every area. Mm. I love that you mentioned creative rest, because as a creative myself that has been writing books for many years, you know, I had a severe just depletion in that area and could not write anything for, you know, two years and only find myself getting out of that now. You know, and not knowing, we're not, we're just not taught how to do this. You know, we're just not taught how to restore yourself creatively or to pour into that place. And in our busy world, isn't it so true that we often don't prioritize beauty? The things what you were talking about now, you know, seeing man-made beauty or just natural beauty, being outside or going to an art gallery, if that's your thing, or a museum, which I love. It just feels so restoring. And we don't even prioritize that because we think those are things that are almost, uh, you know, kind of like the cherry on the cake instead of things that actually are the cake itself. And I, I feel that way in so many different areas of rest. Don't we just do that where we go, oh, you know, those things are kind of like, the 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 cute things that that we'll keep to do on a fun day out or a holiday but we don't do that in ordinary life we don't even see the need to do this and how it can actually be restoring us and refueling us yes i think often we think rest is like the extra thing i will do when i find time or i'll fit it in you know later sometime but we we have to really retrain our or reframe our fo- focus on what rest does in our life. Actually, rest helps us to be at a greater level of productivity and at a place where the things we produce are better quality and are, and are at a higher level of, of benefit to, the, to ourselves and to the world. I think one of the things that we have to, to really jump over a hurdle is that we have to carve out these huge blocks of time for rest. Many of the, the things that I talk about in my book, Sacred Rest, are specific small changes that you can make. Some of them are even things you can attach to other habits you're already doing so that that habit becomes restorative and purposeful and intentional. You know, a lot of times when people use our free rest assessment at restquiz.com, they'll get their scores and they'll say, you know, how do I know which one to begin? You begin on the area of your greatest deficit. Put your attention at doing a few restorative things in that area. Every, you know, every, op, everything that's listed as far as what you can do to get rest, at, let's say emotional rest, every one of those may not be things that you enjoy. So that's why you have to just really take a personal route to it and find the specific things that restore you. Hmm. 
And you know, we're gonna we're gonna share with you how to do the rest quiz uh, towards the end of the show as well. I took the rest quiz, and one of the things that, and I, obviously, I read your book, and one of the things that I realized about myself was that I feel most restful when I am moving. Uh, in the sense of gymming, going to the gym, or doing a a class where I'm dancing, or have have this this movement, I feel, and it's not a physical rest that I, that I feel because definitely sometimes I don't feel very rested uh, physically after the gym. You feel like you had a good workout, but there's something inside of my mind and my emotions, and just inside of me that feels so well energized from being in that space. Uh, it almost feels healing. Like when you're in that sacred rest, it almost feels as though you've been healed in some way. There's like patches of you that have just been restored. And have you found that that is true for people who learn about how they need to rest within themselves, what's important to them, and maybe their own unique creation, whether God created us all differently, that you kind of feel almost healed, even if it's just you went to the gym for the for a couple of you know hours or even an hour, there's something that shifts in you. Yes, you know, I love that you bring up that point because that that's the problem sometimes because of how we have viewed rest. We think if we're not still, it's not restful. But as you specifically mentioned and said so eloquently, physical, you can be doing something extremely physical that's not restful, but Mm -hmm. you're experiencing rest in another area. A lot of people experience this when they go jogging. So, you know, they say, I don't know how to do meditation or I don't like mindfulness. That's, you know, that's foo-foo. That's, (laughs) you know, I can't do that stuff, but they need mental rest. And those people may find that when they go for a jog, it's like I, my mind gets rest then. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is that when you're jogging or when you're doing a very strenuous physical activity, you're actually practicing mindfulness things. You are focusing your attention on your breathing and your cadence and your, and your speed and all these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're focusing your attention on your, on your speed and your breathing, your cadence and your breathing, your mind is narrowing down what it's looking at and clearing out some of the clutter. So Mm -hmm. you can feel more grounded, more centered, more focused, Although, you you know, and you're getting mental rest, although your body is definitely not resting. And if you add in that you're doing it outside in a place that's inspirational and motivational to you, that can add in some creative rest to it. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing an activity that is freeing, you don't feel judged. You feel like you're able to express yourself authentically, like with dancing. Then you can get the emotional rest because that's what emotional rest is about. Can I authentically, can I authentically be me? without fear of judgment? Can I share the parts of myself? And oftentimes with dancing, you're sharing the joy that's inside of you. Hmm. I love this. This is so powerful. This is really, really powerful because, you know, it, it it's new information that we need to hear as well. And I find even something as simple as, you know, like I mentioned the gym and you're doing something, there's a studio that I go into after the gym workout just to stretch and they have those lights uh, behind the, the mirror that change color. You know, it goes from like red to green to blue. I find it incredibly soothing. And I sw- if I if I have the studio to myself, I switch off all the other lights and I'll just let those lights move. And it almost is such a 
it very is, I find it so restoring and I've felt many times, well, it's just the almost light therapy in a way that is just restoring, re-energizing while I see the different lights moving and I'm stretching. Sometimes I can put on worship music if I'm there on my own. So it's also about finding that space that makes you feel peaceful. And uh, it can be found in so many different ways. Have Have you found that as well? It can also sometimes be found in spaces where we don't automatically feel like maybe that's a rest space, but actually it is, and it can become that. Absolutely. I I really feel like we each have to really become sensitive to when are the times in my life that I feel at rest, at peace, when I feel as if I'm being poured back into in some way. It's something that we put so little value on. And that's really where I, why I named the book, what I did, Sacred Rest. I feel like we have to restore the respect and the sacredness of it. We put so much value and attention in the work that we've become a society that no longer places value in rest. Mm-hmm. And it's caused dysfunction. It's caused disease. Yeah. It's caused all sorts of issues that have, that have occurred now um, that we are having to now go back and fix. And so the more people we can get to understand that rest isn't simply about taking a a long holiday or vacation or sabbatical, it's really about incorporating restorative practices into your life. I feel like the more we will change this cultured, cultured dynamic that we're currently seeing, where there's so many people who are just really struggling with fatigue and exhaustion. Yeah. This is so true. Well, I want us to take a quick and very short break because I still have so much to talk to you about, Sandra. I love, love, love this. It's so empowering. And I think as someone that has experienced burnout a few times, and I'm sure that there are listeners who are sitting listening to us that have experienced burnout, maybe in a burnout state, or maybe getting to that point, this conversation is one that they want to be tuning into. So we're going to take a quick break. I want you to enjoy some music. Hopefully the music is restoring or energizing to you as you listen to the song, but don't go anywhere because Sandra is still with me after this. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today. Uh, it is so good to have you with me. It is such a great conversation that we're having with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. And we've been talking about rest as well as the book that she wrote. And it's so, so important that we see rest as sacred, sacred rest. Sandra, before we went to the song break, there was something that you mentioned that I really wanted us to to touch on because I think some people don't realize that we've become people that really are doers. Our society values so much of the doing that it almost feels that it's revealing something about us that we are people who only feel worthwhile or even valuable or maybe even worthy of life or just maybe of just being alive when we are actually achieving something or doing something. Isn't this revealing something more about what's going on inside of our hearts as a society? Yes, we have the pressure of society. We see on social media, everyone posts, you know, about what they're doing and they go into this place or doing this thing. So it becomes that competitiveness almost, you know, whether it's subconscious or not. But this is revealing something about us as having a lack within ourselves as a society going, I only feel valuable when I'm doing something. And sometimes when I'm doing something, I, my work can actually be hiding or pushing down what's really bothering me. Maybe there's things I need to deal with. And that's why I don't feel rested. 
Yes, that's a fantastic point. And I, and I totally agree with it. I feel that for many of us, and, and I have to admit, this was a part of my problem as well. My worth got really wrapped up in my work. And mm-hmm. so if I wasn't working, I wasn't worthy. So it, it was a, a, a unusual kind of symbiotic relationship that was going on because it was making it so that when I rested, I felt guilty or I felt like I felt like the rest was taking something from me. And so what happens in that situation, you resist rest, you know, you're exhausted, you know, you're tired, but you resist the actual thing that you need because you see it as something negative. And so I had to get to a place where I no longer saw rest as something that is negative, that it like it's an antagonist to work, but that it was actually something that was augmenting the work that I was doing. It was additive, not subtractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God, please change our mindsets with this, because I think that a lot of us struggle with this. You know, you see it as taking away or I'm going to be losing time. If I, you know, do this X, Y, and Z, but actually, like you said, it's not taking away, it's adding, you know, oh, well, you know, I just pray that God will change our thoughts with this because I believe if we're truly honest with ourselves, that we all struggle in this area. And so we've got to change that mindset and also maybe tap out of societal messages that are teaching us that to we have to be doing we have to be showing up we have to be hustling we have to be you know all those words that are out there now that we just love love to hear and to share but oftentimes it's just taking away from us Sandra I have to ask you about faith and resting and faith rest and having a deficit in this area you know oftentimes Christians get burnt out and it's not just a burnout of their work life or, you know, doing too much, or you have a lot of family commitments or whatever. But if we're real and honest with ourselves, sometimes we get a deficit in our faith and we feel burnt out in our faith. And I hear a lot of people that say to me sometimes, you know, they're just trying to pray harder or read their Bible more, but they just feel so wary within themselves when it comes to faith and you know oh the bible says i've got to contend so i've got to keep striving forward this is a reality isn't it there is a place for rest in faith as well and tell us a bit about this yes you know one of my favorite scriptures from the bible is from isaiah 30 chapter 15 where it one of the where it states in returning and rest shall you be saved in quietness and trust shall be your strength but it concludes with the sentence but you would have none of it and i feel like that's that's the reality of it. Um, you know, that entire chapter 30 of Isaiah talks about the people of God and the promises that he gave them and the things that were before them. But they, rather than trusting him to direct their path, they tried to accomplish it in their own effort, in their own strength. And so there's there's a, a way of thinking about this that has helped me quite a bit. And it started really just from the very beginning of the creation story where it talks about on the seventh day, God rested. Well, you know, it took me a while to kind of make the connection. But at some point, I started asking myself the question, what was mankind doing while God was resting? Because mm-hmm. it talks about man was created on the sixth day. Um, mankind was created right after animals. So, you know, we weren't even there the entire sixth day. Our first full day on the earth was the seventh day, which was the day of rest. Mm -hmm. 
And then if you look at the rest of that chapter, it actually doesn't talk about man doing any work until after that day of rest. And I had this kind of epiphany moment where it was like, you know, everything in my world has been telling me that if I work hard enough, if I do enough, if I burn myself out enough, now I've earned my right to rest. Where the Mm. scriptural reference of that actually shows that I'm not supposed to work to earn rest. I'm actually supposed to work from a place of rest. Mankind Mm. started the first full day in a day of rest before any work was actually being done. I think that is the biblical concept of what rest looks like. It's the thing we work out of. It's the energy, the flow that we work out of to do the work that we feel called to do. Mm. So doing work in a rest as well, working from the restful place. Oh, I love what you said here about, you know, our, our first full day on earth as human beings was actually the Sabbath, you know, the seventh day, the day that God said, you know, everything is good, everything is being done, and I'm resting on the seventh day, not because God was tired, because he never gets tired, but it was just setting that example for us as well, and that Sabbath. You know, when we talk about Sabbath, is it true, and how true is it that we need to start really taking a Sabbath seriously in terms of what God meant in the Bible as well about rest, about it being sacred, about it being holy, and about it being something that was given to us, you know? And how true is it that we need to start taking this rest, the Sabbath, this reality seriously and stop making it optional in our lives? I, I view the Sabbath as a gift. Every person has to make a decision whether or not they're going to receive the gift or not. And some people are only willing to receive a small box of the gift. Other people are willing to receive a bigger portion of the gift. But I feel like it's a gift because it's one of those things where you get out of it what you put into it. Um, for example, when we think about the the is when we think about the Jewish culture in general, and they they still practice uh, Sabbath. They're not laying in their bed. They're not just doing cessation activities. They're outside enjoying nature. They're doing things with their family. They're reading scripture and praying with each other. They're doing all of these different activities. And these activities are basically activities that are different than the things they do in their normal day-to-day life. And so when I talk to people about Sabbath, I try to help them see that it's really, can you set apart a day where you focus on restoring yourself, where you focus on getting the joy out of the, out of your life that you may not have created space in other parts of your week, but you can create some space to enjoy your life and to be poured back into. And for for someone who's like, I don't have an entire day or I work on Saturday or Sunday, I'm a doctor. The hospital doesn't close. So I understand, you know, but it's one of those things where where can I be intentional to set apart time? When I first started practicing Sabbath, it was really just let me find two hour block of time per week that I am going to dedicate towards me. You know, Mm -hmm. self-care isn't just about manicures and pedicures. It's what is the nurturing that my body, soul, spirit, creativity, relationships, what is the nurturing that myself needs to continue to be the best version of myself? That's true self-care. And we should each be able to carve out at least an hour or two a week to focus on that. 
you found in your work and with, uh, you know, preaching, I would say teaching about rest, writing the book, sharing this truth, have you found that sometimes some people feel almost fearful when you talk to them about rest, that resting almost seems like quite something that evokes a sensation and an emotion of fear, uh, you know, if they need to start thinking about resting or how this looks to them and that, that there's a lot of emotion in this as well. There is a lot of emotion in it. And and oftentimes when I do encounter someone who is, is resistant to rest because of their fears, it, often it goes back to something we talked about before with that fear of loss. Like I'm, if I, if I, if I try to get rest, am I going to be able to pay my bills or am I going to be able to keep up with my, my job or whatever it is? And it's overcoming that fear. And it does take time. That's why I typically don't tell people who are not doing the Sabbath, who but are, who feel that's something they're supposed to be doing, to jump straight into 24 hours. Start small. Start where you're at uh, and grow with it. And so as you're taking time to see how your those areas of rest deficit that are affecting you most start feeling better and you feel more energized, it gives you the desire to go to press in and to really go deeper into understanding your own rest needs. Hmm. Sandra, I want to say thank you, though, so much for being with me today, because this has been such an enlightening conversation and such an empowering one as well, and such a beautiful one that is a message that can really be restoring to us. And I want to just ask you, you know, we mentioned earlier on, you mentioned earlier on in the show that, you know, there's a quiz that people can take. So tell us, how do people go on over and take the quiz? What is it about? Is it about discovering your unique resting? And how do they take this quiz? And what's exciting about it? Because it is an exciting quiz. I've taken it and, you know, sometimes the results are not what you think it's going to be. So tell us a bit about how do people go on over and and all about the quiz. Yes, the rest quiz is available at uh, simplyrestquiz.com. It takes about five minutes to complete and you get an email at the end that gives you a score in all seven areas. The area with the highest score is the one that you have the the highest rest deficit in. Spend your attention when you're thinking about your burnout prevention plan, focusing on those areas where you have a greater rest deficit. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great quiz. So I really, really encourage you to go on over to restquiz.com and to do that. And then also Sandra's book is out. You can get it anywhere. It's also available here in all the bookstores. So it's called Sacred Rest and it's available at Kumbooks and on Amazon and uh, in all the places where really good books are sold. So Sandra, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. It's been such a a joy to me and uh, to be learning about rest. You know, there's a lot of things that you've shared today that I'm taking on board for myself. So thank you so much for being a blessing to, to us and to the listeners today. It's been my pleasure. I truly do believe that part of the life we want to live and experience is a life where we can thrive and have the energy, not feel like we're losing our minds or going insane, but where we actually have the energy to give into the things we most care about, including our faith, including our families, our friendships, our relationships, our work, and just everything around us. And we need to learn to just take care of ourselves and have that restoring rest that helps us feel energized. Yes, this world often feels like it is spinning out of control how do you feel because sometimes I feel that way and we get overstimulated by so many things but there is a way that we can have rest within ourselves and also make rest 
a priority. And I really encourage you to do that today, to take the rest quiz, find out where you are lacking in rest, where you have that deficit and where actually you can begin to rediscover ways and maybe discover new ways how you feel rested. And I honestly don't feel rested often when I just cease doing the things that once before used to give me joy and maybe don't give me joy always because it has become a place where you feel deficit and you feel deficient in it. Maybe it's creativity, for example. And for creative people, you always need that rest, that peace, that that understanding that, you know, I can do what I do in a rest because that's where the creativity comes from. And so it is just such a joy to know that rest is a beautiful gift to us. And I pray that all of us, that is my prayer today, so from my heart, that all of us will be able to experience rest as a joy as something that adds to our life and that does not take away from our life in any shape or form. And so today, I just pray that you will begin to understand God's love, His grace, His peace, His mercy, His goodness, and how much He gave us when He gave us the gift of Sabbath and the gift of rest. And uh, I also realize and read something some time ago and it was a saying by some of the Jewish rabbis a teaching where they said you know we as human beings were created on the sixth day of creation we had nothing to do with the work that was done before we were created really on the threshold of the Sabbath, of this day of rest. And that shows us that we need to cease believing that we are in control of life, but that God is the one who is ultimately in control and that we can just trust him and fully allow ourselves to be released into his divine rest in order to know that the world is going to continue and is going to keep spinning even though we are resting and we can have complete faith in the fact that he has everything in the palm of his hand no matter what your cares and concerns are we can rest in the fact that when we are doing things that add to us and re-energize us God is taking care of the rest he's taking care of your work he's taking care of your family he's taking care of the things most close to your heart so don't forget what Sandra also said to us today is that maybe if you're not used to the whole Sabbath then start off small start off with that hour or that two hours or three hours and you'll eventually find that it does grow and so it's been so good to be with you today to be chatting about resting what an important change making reality i've loved being with you today and until next week god bless take care and i pray that you will have a week filled with renewed energy and divine sacred rest This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.